Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Two, four, or more. What are the Big 12's plans for expansion? And really, today we tackle why. What is the Big 12 trying to accomplish with whatever their next round of expansion is? We break that down on today's show. Also, a look at the race for the Big 12's best quarterback. The preseason ballot is out for the Big 12 awards. I have yet to fill mine out to do next Wednesday. I've been soliciting some of your all's uh, advice, uh, players that must be on there, but the quarterback conversation is an interesting one. We'll get into that a little bit later on the show. This is the Neighborhood Watch here on College Football, Crystal, Crystal Ball College Football, excuse me, part of the 365 Sports Network. Uh, make sure you guys find us on Twitter at NWPod365. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Please, 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 please not tell you guys this enough. Subscribe, like the videos, and comment. Uh, a lot of you all know I came over from Lockdown Big 12 due to some bad circumstances there. Rebuilding the audience is a challenge, and so I need your all's help with that challenge. The best thing you all can do is like these videos, subscribe, and help them get to as many people as possible. If you all can't listen, or watch rather, listen on all the podcast platforms. You guys can find us, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Five Stars, really does help out this show, so please do those things. Um, and uh, yeah, if you guys do that, it'd be awesome. So the big picture topic I wanted to tackle today is because you know we're talking we're so in the weeds about like what schools will be added and i only wanted to talk about like what what are the goals when you're adding these schools what is the end game for the conferences when we're talking about adding these schools we're talking about adding value what do these schools bring but ultimately what's the goal and so i think that that to me circles around one thing uh it, you know one big idea it, it gets broken up after that but where is college football heading right so obviously we're talking about what major sports drive the bus. Football and basketball do, but football really does drive the bus. And so when we're talking about where college football is headed, we've got two conferences making money hand over fist in the Big Ten and the SEC. We have three leagues after that, the ACC with a you know long television contract, but uh, an unsure future past that. We have the Big 12, which just went through a pretty, you know, um, a difficult time losing Texas and Oklahoma, but have rebounded nicely. And then you and also just put a team in the championship game. I have to mention that. ACC has mentioned too. They've got teams that have been to championship games and won them in the form of Florida State and Clemson uh, in recent memory. And then you've got uh, the Pac-12, which has schools like Oregon and Washington, which have been to the CFP, uh, obviously, but you know nobody's uh, won a championship and in, in recently for them. So, and, and they're fighting for their their survival uh right now I, I still think the pac-12 persists what no matter what happens uh, i just think it's a matter of what kind of version of the pac-12 we're gonna get moving forward but 
Those are where your power five leagues are. And so while the it's funny, the big two have kind of gotten away, but at the same time, access to college, the college football playoff is about to grow. Now, somebody made a good point of pointing out, hey, like the format of how they're doing it and the TV contract for it, there's going to be shorter term stuff because I want to keep renegotiating this thing, but it's going to be big, uh, obviously. And there's automatic qualifiers for six conferences or five conferences now. Uh, you know, five conferences or six, excuse me, six. Six conferences automatically get their conference champion into the college football playoff. And so with that, you now have a situation where there's more access, but it feels like um, the schools that are going to get preference when it comes to like, you know, second and third bites of the apple, if you will. Hey, if, if you're playing the SEC championship game, there's a pretty good chance you're going to be in. Hey, you know, even uh, Alabama sits it out, you know, like last year, they'd probably get into a 12 teamer, you know, uh, you know, um, I guess maybe not, maybe not the case. You could say, hey, Penn State would have made it last year, right? So Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State probably, you know, have a good chance saying they would all make it. Uh, Kansas State and TCU probably both would have made it, right? You can kind of toss them in there. So we're already at eight of the 12, right? And we haven't even mentioned the ACC champion. Uh, last year, trying to think, the ACC champion, uh, let's see, it was Pitt the year before. I'm totally blank. Oh, oh, Clemson, Clemson last year, right? So they're in. I don't think the ACC would be uh, submitting a second team in the last year's last year's, uh, you know, fray, uh, obviously AAC champion last year would have gone whoever the highest ranked G five school was. And then you have the PAC 12, which would have placed one or two teams. So you're seeing how like the, the big two are going to be able to make up a lot of the real estate that is in the college football playoff. And you're wondering, all right, like how long do they just go with six auto qualifiers? And is it a situation where the big two say, do we need everybody else in what capacity do we need everybody else? Do we need to reserve spots for us? You know, how does all this how does all of this going to work? And the reason I was thinking about this today, because I, I, I obviously being in Arkansas now, um, you know, we have the schedule release for the SEC and it's a huge deal. The schedule release for the SEC, it's a huge deal in 2024. But it just made me think like about all of these, you know, the, the rotation, all of these schools playing in all these big games. But also at the same time, too, it made me think about like, you know, the um, the Missouri's. I always use Missouri's example because I went there, but the Missouri's, the Arkansas's of the world. Uh, the Van, you know, Vanderbilt's in there, and they're not. Arkansas and Missouri are better football programs than than Vanderbilt. Don't get me wrong, but like these schools, like Indiana and Rutgers and Purdue, uh, Maryland, right, that are in these massive conferences, but are kind of just along for the ride when it comes to football. Right? I mean, Arkansas has had some nice years. Uh, Missouri's had some nice seasons. Uh, you know, Vanderbilt not really a lot of nice seasons. Uh, you know. Indiana had a dream, what, eight and four a couple of years ago. Purdue made the Big Ten championship game last year. They have some nice years. But like when it comes to money making and driving the bus, those schools, in terms of competitiveness, much more resemble the middle tier schools and sometimes even not as good as the middle tier schools of, uh, you know, let's just say that the, even the Big 12 conference. Yes. I mean, last year, the Big 12's middle class was so good. Uh, think about the Pac-12, too, right? Last year, the Pac-12 had a really dense strong top of the league um but you know when it i mean oregon state's a great example nobody really seems to want oregon state but gosh darn it they were an awesome team last year that was a really strong outfit uh that ran the ball 24 straight times to go and beat the mighty oregon ducks last year and you get schools like that you know programs like that and i think a lot of the big concern is you know their place in college football is about to be, or I, I believe right now, it's already in peril, and I've got no clue where it's where it's going. Right, like Kansas State is important. Kansas State was in a was in a you know a, um, 
Sugar Bowl last year, the Sugar Bowl, whatever, you know, when they played uh, Alabama. I mean, that's important. They got, they got thumped, whatever, but like still they were big 12 champions and kind of schools like that. Like, are do I see a world in which we exclude the K States, the Baylors, the TCUs, the Iowa States, the Oregon States, because uh, you know, they're not part of these massive leagues. That's my worry. I don't think it happens, but maybe the access to the top of the line, you know, to the top billing, to the ability to get to a playoff is not there. Right. So, Right now, kind of my concern when it comes to this is, all right, we've got an expanded playoff and everybody seems to have a shot, but will that, and and more folks have a shot than before, but will that quickly dry up and we keep the same number of spots because it's more games, it's more money, it makes sense. But does the access for the other folks, for the, and and, and I use other as a pejorative term, uh, you know, I mean, I'm slightly using that, the other folks, because they're not Big Ten, they're not SEC. And look, I, you know, I think at the end of the day, we have to be really honest about like why those conferences make more money. Alabama, Georgia, Florida, you know, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. It's not about Missouri, Rutgers, Maryland. It's about the big ones. It's about the big dogs. That's that, that's what these TV networks want. That is why they're paying big dollars for it. That's why the schools rack up so many dollars because they have a lot of eyeballs. They're big brands. People watch it, et cetera, et cetera. I think everybody's big concern with this entire conversation, and I think we lose sight of this, is, and this is why I also say this all the time about the Pac-12 and Big 12 fans, like, we really should be getting, you know, I'm not saying get along, but we should be a bit more sympathetic to each other is because we're all kind of in the same boat, right? Oregon State fans are like Iowa State fans, you know? They just want to be able to see their program compete at the highest level and have a chance to go and compete with everybody else. They deserve that. They want that because they care just like, you know, just like each, each one cares. And that I think is what's getting lost in all of this is that everybody, you know, everybody, we all care. We all care about our schools, we all care about our fan bases. And I just don't want to, I don't want to see a sport that basically says like, Hey, Kansas state's nine and three, even though it's a weird nine and three big 12 championship does not matter. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't really matter. And even if they get thumped in the, in the end of the year, like that season they had should matter. You know, uh, let's just say like BYU comes in the first year they're eight and they go eight and four, you know, that's a strong first year in a power five league. Like I, I don't want to be in a situation where all or nothing, we're just talking about the CFP and it's limited access because if the CFP is not letting big 12 schools in a, you know, a, a decent clip, like, you know, program building kind of goes out the window, you know, the, the appreciation for solid, strong seasons goes out the window, um, you know, because it's like, well, we're kind of playing, you know, uh, BYU's eight and four, if you will, is happening in a different universe as the uh, as the college football playoff is happening in. But, but we only care about the playoffs, so we're not talking about uh, you know uh, Kansas making progress on a seven and five or a six and six, right? So like, the, I think there is room for us to care about all of it. Sure, yeah, Kansas and Alabama are competing, but like, it should be the same sports deal. It shouldn't be split to where it's like, well, it's almost an FCS where Kansas is playing and Alabama is an FBS, and so. I, the reason why this ties into conference realignment is, is your number one goal, I think number one goal is survival, right? Like is, is just keeping yourself as relevant as long as possible. But to further that um, relevance in the sense of, uh, you know, can we create a voting block? Can we create a, a voting block of schools that have say and, and, and matter when it comes to how college football decides their championship? We want to be involved in that. We want to be involved in 
major college football. Because if you say, well, the Big 12 is not really that involved, Pac-12 is not really involved, ACC is not really involved, then like you're not you're not really that involved in major college football. And uh, my concern with stuff like this is, you know, last year I talked about all the time uh, how competitive the Big 12 was and why Fox wanted them to re-up because of how competitive it is. That's great. And the fact that the ESPN, they picked the Big 12 championship game as college game day, and it was a, a terrific game that delivered all of the goods, and TCU goes on to win a, a, a college football playoff game. That, that's what we want to be involved with. That, that's what you want to be involved with. And so my question when it comes to realignment is, how does how do you make sure you're still involved? Is it about collecting enough teams? Is it about collecting enough television assets? Are you creating a voting block? What are you trying to create? Right. That is why, you know, I've seen a lot of folks who say, I don't want Oregon, I wouldn't want Oregon and Washington in the Big 12. That would that is crazy talk to me. If the Big 12 could get Oregon and Washington into the league, they should, because those two schools put money into their program. I'm not saying they can beat Alabama. I'm not saying they can beat uh, Georgia. Uh, TCU couldn't beat, beat those schools. And I know that maybe, uh, you know, when it comes to values, they don't necessarily line up with this league. But at the same time, those are two really strong brands that generate a lot of money and a lot of eyeballs uh, comparative to some of the other schools that, that are available and also in the league. And I'm not saying they can get these two schools. But this is this is what I'm saying. It's like, why wouldn't you want them? Th those, those further the Big 12's abilities and their brand and whatnot. And so, uh, and, and also relevance on a national stage. And this is where, you know, I think Brett Yormark's going to keep this conference relevant when it comes to basketball. I think there's no doubt about that. But football is such a massive question because the way this league goes in, in terms of fits and starts and, uh, you know, TC goes to the championship game last year. Excuse me, but how do you make sure, you know, the Big 12 stay in the conversation? Number one, it comes down to winning. Yeah, it does come down to winning. You need, you need your programs to win, but... They need to collect programs that are going to be winning in a meaningful way. Sure, you want to provide television uh, markets. That's really important. But the problem is, even when the Big 12 is going to do that, even if the Big 12 is coast to coast, like Brett Yormark wants it to be, and it's still a valuable television product, the problem that we've talked about so often when it comes to competing with the top leagues is that money gap. Uh, the ability for the facilities and for the recruiting experiences and for the number of support staff to basically just be unrivaled for the SEC schools because the sheer amount of dollars and cents that they are bringing in. That is a, that, that's, that's kind of the, the concern with competitiveness. So it's how do you keep up? I think, yeah, numbers is the number one thing, right? That's why the question on here is two, four, or more. Does, is it about adding Arizona and Colorado and Utah um, and Arizona State because it's four power five schools that have some name recognition that Utah is hot right now? And, you know, is it about adding more because, hey, we want UConn in there, too, because they just want in basketball. It's more recognition. We want San Diego State, too. Uh, you know, but then at that point, you're, you're worried about maybe diluting the pot for a little bit when it comes to how much money you're making. Now, crushing the Pac-12 might help you down the line, but this is kind of the calculus. This is the math now. You're not playing – you're not really playing a sports game anymore. You're playing um, the money game, but also you have to acknowledge the sport part of it because being competitive, winning on the field – is what ultimately will get the Big 12 respect. And I think beating Michigan last year for TCU was a massive step in that direction. But, the, and I'm not saying I have an answer to why, but I think those factors is, you know, number one is survival, right? When it comes to expansion, I think the Big 12 has already kind of crossed off survival. The next though is, you know, 
thrival, if you survival and thrival, you know, but that's not the word, thrival, but thriving is what I'm saying, right? So, uh, you know, all right, you've survived. Now, how do you thrive? And thrive to me, if you're the Big 12, it's not becoming on equal footing with the Big 10 and the SEC, but it's all about remaining relevant in that college football conversation. In major, and I say major college football, I mean competing for a championship, make sure that you involve in that because no matter what people say about that Michigan game last year, you still lost by a million points to Georgia, right? And so the big thing for the Big 12 is, keeping yourself relevant by getting teams back in the CFP and they have those teams winning games, right? It's about to go to 12. You hope the big 12 gets two teams in each year. And you hope with that, they start winning some college football playoff games. And that's how you remain relevant and maintain that. But uh, I think that is, you know, that's, there's two sides of this. There is the actual on-field competition when it comes to football. And there is the business side of we need to offer games in every single time slot, which I think they should do because it helps these major television companies or go to streaming or whatever, fill out their TV roster, their TV schedule every Saturday. So, at the, you know, I know it's a lot happening there, but it's, it's, um, it's a complex question. And that, that's, that is what Brett Yormark is, is kind of, uh, you know, balancing here. I think the good news is adding Colorado and Arizona at least would be a, it's a slam dunk. And I'm not saying those are two amazing football programs right now, but it does solidify more of the TV thing. It does add more power five brands. And so generally speaking, if you're going from 12 to 14, I do think there's a certain sense of, well, you've got 14 schools and I know who all those schools are. I know four of them just came from the, uh, you know, the G5 level, but still you've got 14 recognizable schools. It's hard to fathom anybody having a conversation about major college football without these schools, especially, you know, I think uh, the TC thing will become a distant memory, but you need to keep putting teams up there. But uh, TCU just played for a championship. I think any conversation about the future of college football has, that has to be wagered. Now, whenever the next kind of big, uh, you know, mark is about the future of the college football playoff and who's in and who's involved. And I do think this conversation is inevitably coming. I do think it's going to go, you know, number of teams might not be as exclusive, but who gets in, who has a seat at the table, that conversation might get more exclusive. How do you still make sure you maintain relevance in that conversation? That is, um, uh, that, that is, paramount in all of this. So yes, there is the business side. That's the short term. And I kind of almost mean after, like after the first additions are made, what is the next aim? What is the next goal of the big 12? Because I do think some additions are coming. Are you creating a voting block, right? Remember the voting block conversation about, um, uh, about the Alliance, you know, they were able to, to push off college football uh, playoff expansion for a year for no reason at all, by the way, uh, because they were, but they were together. You know, I know the Big 12, if you add teams, you're still one league. But if you have enough schools that people know, like, are we just going to say Oklahoma State doesn't matter? Are we going to say Baylor and TCU don't matter and Arizona doesn't matter and Colorado doesn't matter? Are we, are we just going to say that? Because that seems like an odd thing to do. It doesn't seem like, uh, you know, it, it, it's going to be tougher to do, I think, with the more schools you have involved because you've just got more stakeholders involved, more schools, more fans, more eyeballs. And once again, guys, you know, I've always said this about the college football Super League idea, right? Um if if you separate the big t- conference like the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve from the from the SEC and the Big Ten, why should I watch and care if my schools can't compete at that level? Because here's the thing: maybe it's the highest level of college football, but ah, it's not the highest level of football. The highest level of football is the NFL. So if I don't have a team involved in the college football ranks, and you have a Super League over here, why am I going to watch that? 
If I wanted to watch more of a professionalized football, I'll just watch on Sundays. Do I love my football? Yeah, sure. I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll watch on Saturdays. But like, if if I can't get in, involved at all, and we're just going to cut off twenty teams from everybody else, twenty four teams from everybody else, you know, who's who's going to like? I, I think TV execs might argue, hey, they'll watch it. But I think more as time goes along, you know, if you're a kid from, uh, you know, if you're you're up, you know, a Texas Tech fan, like, why are you going to watch? You, you don't like Texas. You don't like you don't like Texas. You don't like OU. Why do you care about Alabama and Clemson and Miami and Florida State? Like that, that's not got a whole lot to do with you if you cut them off from that. Uh, you know, I've got, you know, I've got friends. I think this is actually applies to an FCS level. I've got buddies who've gone to FCS schools. They care about those programs, but they're not, um, you know, they, they don't like, they'd rather watch James Madison University play on a Saturday as opposed to watching, uh, you know, an Alabama game. And, and sometimes they'll watch the JMU game and, the, and some of them, yeah, we'll go watch Alabama, but not all of them are going to go watch Alabama, right? Because that's, Separate thing that's what happened to them. You know, they might want to watch North Dakota State play South Dakota State because that has more bearing on who they'll play in the uh, FCS championship game, right? That, that's that's kind of the idea about college football. It's regional, and yes, it's biggest in the South, but still, like the reason why kind of we all care is because Kansas State can play Alabama, Michigan can play TCU, Michigan can or, uh, TCU can play Georgia. Now, do they win all those games? No, but still, the possibility is what keeps you involved, the ability to dream. And it's the same thing with the NCAA basketball tournament, right? It's why we love Cinderella's and whatnot. It's what makes that event so special. And if you're just going to cut that off and just Premier League this thing, I don't think that's going to go very well. Uh, I don't think it's going to go that well at all. All right, this is going to be tomorrow's topic. Um, so I want I want to get this out here, and you all can put your thoughts. Number one, you all can comment and leave. It, it, whoever you all think from your school or any school needs to be on the first team all Big 12. Zach Frazier, a lot of you West Virginia fans have been in, uh, have been tweeting me about this. That's 100% a yes. Uh, Zach Frazier, yes. Uh, Cooper Beebe is somebody that I've heard. Obviously, it's going to be a big hell yeah for me too. The quarterback conversation, though, is very interesting. I've heard Will Howard. I've heard Jalen Daniels. I've heard Dylan Gabriel. I've heard John Rice Plumley. Um, and I think there are arguments to be made for all of them, some stronger than others, but I think the argument for who should be first team quarterback is very compelling. I will lay out arguments for all four or really all candidates involved tomorrow on tomorrow's show. So make sure you catch that. Let me know in the comments what you all think. All right, that'll do it for today's show. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, we are at NWPod365. And also you guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore as well. All right, folks, see you next time.